I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 40 of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the Liberty Enforcement Squad. Well, this is it. This is the week. The week that I make a bunch of my listeners mad. All right, here it goes. You ready? The Bill of Rights does not apply to the states. Okay, I'll give you a moment to yell at your podcast listening device or pound on the table or do whatever you do to express your rage. But please, when you're done, hear me out on this. Look, it's true. The founders never intended to allow the federal courts to invalidate state laws, even really bad state laws, even horrible state laws that violate basic rights. When I speak this basic truth, it enrages a lot of people who normally agree with a lot of what I say, because there are an awful lot of people who call themselves conservatives and even libertarians who are more than happy to use the federal government to enforce their conception of liberty on the entire country. So, yeah. This is not limited government, ladies and gentlemen. Using the federal government to get your way is kind of the opposite of limited government, like you're expanding government. I call these people the Liberty Enforcement Squad. You really find these people come out of the woodwork when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms. When a state passes some kind of strict gun regulation, like up in New York when they banned a bunch of uh, assault weapons or or whatever it is they did. These well-meaning lovers of liberty will run to the federal courts and try to get them to overturn the duly enacted state law through the Second Amendment. But the problem is the Second Amendment was never intended to apply to the states. The federal government has no authority to strike down a state law. Now, all you have to do to know this is to read the preamble to the Bill of Rights. Yes, the Bill of Rights actually has a preamble. A lot of people don't even know this, but yes, it does. And it tells us exactly the purpose of the first 10 amendments. Listen carefully. The conventions of a number of the states, having at the time of their adopting the Constitution, expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers, that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added, and as extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the beneficent ends of its institution. Okay, what government are they talking about? The one that was being instituted by the Constitution. They wanted to restrict 
the federal government, the government being created by the Constitution. They didn't need to restrict their state governments. They already had state constitutions, and, and most of those state constitutions had a Bill of Rights in them. They weren't concerned about the state's trampling on their rights. They were concerned about this new, more powerful federal government walking on the rights of the people and the rights of the states. That's what the Bill of Rights was for. Now, you will very rarely hear me say anything good about John Marshall. But as the old saying goes, even a stopped clock is right twice a day. Marshall, lover of national power, perfectly described the constitutional structure and the way the Bill of Rights fits into it in his opinion in Barron versus Baltimore. I'm also going to post this on the show notes so you can actually read it because it's extremely important. The Constitution was ordained and established by the people of the United States for themselves, for their own government, and not for the government of the individual states. Each state established a constitution for itself, and in that constitution provided such limitations and restrictions on the powers of its particular government as its judgment dictated. The people of the United States framed such a government for the United States as they supposed best adapted to their situation and best calculated to promote their interests. The powers they conferred on this government were to be exercised by itself, and the limitations on power, if expressed in general terms, are naturally, and we think necessarily, applicable to the government created by the instrument. They are limitations of power granted in the instrument itself, not of distinct governments, framed by different persons and for different purposes. If these propositions be correct, the Fifth Amendment must be understood as restraining the power of the general government, not as applicable to the states. In their several constitutions, they have imposed such restrictions on their respective governments as their own wisdom suggested, such as they deemed most proper for themselves. It is a subject on which they judge exclusively, and with which others interfere no farther than they are supposed to have a common interest. So, you see, the federal government was created by the Constitution, and the limits in the Constitution apply to the government that the Constitution created. They don't apply to other constitutions, other governments. The logic is actually pretty irrefutable when you really look at it. So there you have it. When there is an issue with a state law, it is supposed to be handled at the state level. The feds were never authorized to police the states. If a state passes a law that infringes on the right to keep and bear arms, it should be dealt with through state courts based on the state constitution. And if the state constitution sucks and doesn't provide adequate protections, the people of that state should work to get an amendment. You don't run to the federal government. The federal government was never intended to have that kind of power. Now, I know some of you have been screaming 14th Amendment at me for the last several minutes, and I promise next week I'm going to delve into exactly what the 14th Amendment was intended to do. But we have to start here with the basics. Now, the irony is some of the founders wanted the national government to have this kind of power, this veto power over state laws. In fact, during the Philadelphia Convention, James Madison proposed that the federal government should have veto power over state laws. This idea was soundly rejected multiple times. The people understood that whatever protection the federal government might offer was far outweighed by the danger of giving so much power to the federal government. As Gerald Ford said, a government big enough to give you everything you want is a government big enough to take away everything that you have. 
For our purposes, just think of it this way. If you are empowering the federal government to protect your rights, you are empowering the federal government to define your rights as well. Is that what you want? Do you want five politically connected lawyers in black dresses to have the sole authority to define your rights for you so they can enforce them? Yeah, me neither. And look, how in the world can you complain about the federal government unconstitutionally defining marriage in the states or unconstitutionally forcing you to buy health insurance or unconstitutionally authorizing surveillance on you when you begged it to unconstitutionally invalidate a state law on guns that you didn't like? If you want to give the power to the federal government to do that one thing, then you're actually giving it the power to do all of those things. Look, I understand the impulse. No government should violate natural rights. I understand that when you see something unjust, when you see a violation of rights, you want somebody to grab a bigger stick and stop it. People will say to me, well, what? Are you saying that the states can just violate people's rights? There has to be a power above them to stop it. The federal government needs to take on that role. Okay, then let's take it to the next level. We need a world government, right? I mean, what if the federal government violates our rights? Are we supposed to let that happen? We need a world government to step in and protect our rights. Of course, none of the conservatives or libertarians screaming for a federal liberty enforcement squad would want a world liberty enforcement squad. They'd say, well, when the federal government violates our rights, we need to vote out the bad apples in Congress or just get new justices or push for constitutional amendments. We don't want some world government trying to tell America what to do, by God. Well, I'm basically saying the same thing. If a state is violating your rights, fix it at the state level. Vote out the bad legislators, change out the judges, amend the state constitution, but don't go running to D.C. so it can force its will on Kentucky or Florida or California. When you empower the federal government to do one unconstitutional thing, you empower it to do virtually anything. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Mary Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do me a favor and spread the word. And you're welcome to send me thoughts or ideas or yell at me via email at michael.meharry at tenthamendmentcenter.com. And don't forget to subscribe over at iTunes. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next time.